So we're in First Timothy chapter six, verses one through ten. Let's go ahead and and pick that up, and we'll uh, pick up our outline. The text is chapter one or chapter six. I'm sorry, last chapter. So we're finishing up uh, this uh, book, verse one. It let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that uh, have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren. But rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine uh, which is according to godliness, which at the beginning of the, ch- uh, the book we deal with the mystery of godliness, verse 4, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself, Crawfield dollar, uh, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content, but they that that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows heavenly fathers we look into this text tonight and we prepare our hearts to pray uh, lord we're reminded of these uh, servants that are mentioned here lord we are servants of god we are priests as we learned this morning we're a peculiar people lord may we be zealous of good works may we be these that would um, you know be faithful to serve you and uh, not be caught up in gain being godliness and all these other false doctrines that uh, lead many into harmful uh, situations and hurtful uh, conclusions, Lord, and and things that hurt the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may the things that we learn tonight encourage us in in, uh, contentment that that trumps covetousness, as we started talking about last week. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, uh, point one, of course, we've already covered contentment trumps covetousness. That's the the text that we're looking at. In verses one and two, we talked about we need to be content to serve. And we talked about servant leadership and the the status of the uh, slave class, for lack of a better word, in the time of... of, of this writing when Paul was writing to his disciple Timothy. And we saw in point one, to be content to serve where God places you, right? That was the first thing that we saw. And then point two, we saw be content to serve who God wants you to serve in verses one and two. Um, and then point three, we saw be content to serve how God wants you uh, to serve. And that is as far as I got. So we were on that point in verses 1 and 2. So let's review 1 and 2, and we'll just finish up that thought. So we saw that he says, Therefore, my son, be... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong book. There we go. Let us be as many uh, servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. And we, we massaged that quite a bit last week. That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Right, how we respond affects the doctrine because uh, people we are the only Bible some people read, and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren. 
And we talked about how incredibly uh, powerful that statement is. And, of course, the book of Philemon and the whole context of of human slavery and and servitude is just turned upside down by verse 2. But rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit these things teach and exhort. So, uh, when it comes to this subject of, of serving, we're to be content to serve how God wants you to serve. Um, and so, we talked about how the scripture is full of examples of God's people serving in bondage. Uh, the first uh, <clears throat> bondage man found himself in was the bondage of sin. And so, there's, uh, we talked about that in how Romans chapter 6, verses 16 through 18 uh, which is also on the side of your sheet. Talk about you know who you yield yourself servants to obey. That's whose servant you are. So we're all free men, even if you're a servant. You're free to serve the Lord, right? Then the Lord makes that clear. And we are free men because we're free from sin. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we choose to serve sin, which is our serving our flesh because uh, we can't sin, but our flesh can. So, uh, so that's not a good decision. So if we're in debt. The scripture says in Proverbs 22, 7, The rich ruleth over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. So the borrower is not honoring Christ and his doctrine if he's not honoring the lender with some sort of payment. Right, so don't complain about your creditors. Complain about your lack of discipline and getting out of, and getting in debt. Right, it's not really the creditor's fault, which is like contrary to the contemporary thinking today in the world. Right, if you're in bondage to debt, now there are definitely uh, people who don't have any kind of scruples or have any kind of uh, dis, uh, have any kind of moral guidance in in putting people into bondage. Just know if no one in here is young. Uh, well. Forgive me for offending everyone at one time. But we're not as young as we used to be, let's say. But for young people, right, um, the first thing they want to do, my son, right, he's 18, going on 19, and you won't believe all the credit card, you probably do believe, but right, whether the credit card companies want to get him hooked. And fortunately, he, he hasn't done that yet. And I'm like, don't, you don't need that. You can get credit established other ways. Go get a loan and buy a car. Do something else. But don't, but don't you know, get hooked on credit because those guys, if they can... Right, they will make it difficult. So I'm not saying that the 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 borrower is pure as a wind driven snow, right? So you got to have discernment. Uh, however, if you if we do make a uh, an, a uh, decision uh, to get in debt, uh, we owe that money. We got to pay it back. I think you meant the lender. Ago. What did I say? The borrower, the lender. Yeah, the lender. Yeah, the lender. Uh, you know, it's not their fault that we're stupid enough to get in a bondage. <laughs> so uh, that's our fault, not theirs. All right, so um, so uh, we're getting closer to where I left off. So our examples in the Old Testament that we looked at were Jacob, Joseph, Israel as a nation, uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Ezra, or Ezra Nehemiah, Esther, of, of people... Uh, who were under authority, under bondage in different aspects, and yet handled themselves uh, well, and God blessed them. In the New Testament, we have Jesus, of course, uh, who was under Rome's authority and submitted and said, Render to Caesar what Caesar's. Uh, the entire book of Mark, we see our Savior as a... Um, as a servant, right, in this context of the time, as a servant. I mean, a servant, servant. Um, servant means something different here than it does uh, in the first century. I mean, these people were, in essence, slaves. Onesimus, of course, we have already talked about that, Philemon, uh, verses 15 through 17, which is where we left off last week uh, when we talked about, um, again, a very, very incredible passage where Onesimus, the runaway slave, was saved and Paul was uh, sending back to his owner. 
uh, Philemon uh, as a brother, charging both to adorn the doctrine of God. In verse 15, and this will catch us up. For perhaps therefore uh, he therefore departed for a season, and thou shouldest receive him that thou shouldest receive him forever. Right? So if you didn't want him forever, now you got him forever because you're going to be in heaven with him, Philemon. <laughs> right? So Onesimus is with you whether you like it or not. I often think about that as a pastor. Some of the petty squabbles that people get into cause divisions. I'm like, what? What? You're going to be in heaven together forever. So you need to kind of put all this in perspective. Not now as a servant, <clears throat> but above a servant. Uh, a brother. Beloved. Not just a brother, but beloved. Especially to me. Now, I don't know how you feel about him, Philemon, but he's my beloved son, right? But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. So Paul actually leverages his relationship with Philemon over the servant named Onesimus, right? And so he, he, he puts Philemon in a situation where he's like, uh, okay, this is how it's going to go, Philemon. Either you, you honor our brother as a brother, uh, or, or you're not going to honor me as your, as, as, you know, as your friend. Because uh, I'm telling you, you know, this is how it's going to go. Just treat him like you're treating me because that's, that's how we need to esteem each other as, as brothers. Even though technically, by law, under Roman law, uh, you certainly have dominion over him as the, as the master. So, so that, that blows, you know, the doors off of slavery when it comes to the context of Christ. So there, there is a higher authority than the powers that be, which, of course, we know that. So the New Testament has has a lot to say about being a servant. This catches me up. So the disciples um, is not above his master, according to Matthew 10, 24, uh, right? So, um, so, okay, so what's the Bible tell us about that? Well, in Matthew 20, which is also in your notes, 27 through 28, it says, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So Jesus is dropping some, some, some incredible truth here. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay, so that just takes all everything you learn about leadership in the world you know, and turns it upside down. So servant leadership is the only biblical model. Uh, that is the only biblical model. Everything else you hear, you know, I don't care what Tony Robbins says or whoever. Uh, it, if it's not biblical, it's, it's throw it out. Right, um, for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. First Corinthians seven twenty two says, likewise also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Right. So if you think you're free, well, think again because you're the Lord's servant. But if you are a servant, just remember you're free because you are in Christ. And man, what a what I can just imagine. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of servants, a lot of slaves, a lot of people in indentured servitude over the centuries that have clung tightly uh, to those words of uh, the Apostle Paul. You are bought with a price. Be not ye therefore servants of men. But what if you are a servant of man? Well, then you're a servant of Christ, right? So you serve that man because you serve Christ. So there's a there's a freedom there. There's a liberty, if not externally, internally. Right, so you can't break that spirit because it's the spirit of the living God, and uh, that's why uh, that's why you know, frankly, during uh, the ugly time of American slavery, um, which was contested from the foundation of the country until the Civil War, um, there was a lot of free slaves, even though they were in bondage, because they were liberated in their souls. You know, so um, now don't get me wrong; that doesn't justify slavery, uh, it, but but the point is, is you can't overcome freedom in Christ. 
even if you die, you're free. You know, so you win. It's a win-win. Uh, For though I be free from all men, First Corinthians nine nineteen. Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. So Paul, who is literally a Roman, and he is also, um, you know, so he's 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 a Jew, the Jews. He's a Hebrew, the Hebrews. So in the under the law of Moses, he's a free man. Under the law of Rome, he's a free man. But he says, yet I'm going to be a servant to all. And you see that illustrated. And I don't have that in your text, but in Acts chapter. Um, I believe that's 17 uh, with the uh, uh, with the Philippian jailer. Um, you know when he's Paul rolls into that situation, you know he doesn't like pull the Rome Rome card until after the fact, right? So he just goes ahead and submits to prison and goes through the whole deal just because. Well, well, he's doing what he says. I'm just being a I'm being the Lord's. Uh, it's not Acts 17. Where is that Acts? Uh, Acts 16. So um, and so he's like, hey, you know what? Um, Go ahead. I'll take my stripes. You can shackle me down. We're gonna have a. We're gonna rock the house tonight at midnight. We're gonna have a concert, and uh, we're gonna have a jailbreak, right? And all that's going on, and the whole time he could have said, "Hey, wait a minute. I'm a Roman citizen. I'm a free man." But he chose not to. So he he wasn't just saying that stuff. He literally was serving unto all that he might gain the more. And of course, he was very wise in how he used his freedom, and he did pull the Roman card when he needed it, right? Even at the last, uh, you know, when he appealed to Caesar. He was pulling the Roman card. So he knew when to play it and when not to. Um, and so the, the text says in Second Timothy 2.24, And a servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. So we know who are servants of the Lord. Think about that. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. And it goes on actually in verse 25 as well. So, so if we say we're the servant of the Lord, but we're not gentle... And we're not willing to teach, and we're not patient, then are we servants of the Lord? Yeah, probably not. We're just playing, right? We're playing like we're free, but we're in bondage to our flesh. All right, so the things Paul spoke concerning servants were already spoken to the church in Ephesus when he wrote his epistle a few years prior to this letter in Timothy. So in Ephesians 6, which is also in your notes, uh, it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of your heart, as under Christ, not with eye servants, as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether, whether he be bond or free. Again, you see that the Lord trumps... Right? Everything else. <laughs> so bond or free is irrelevant. He says, listen, servants, uh, be obedient to them that are your masters. Go ahead and submit to them because the Lord's going to bless you. Uh, con- conversely, you know, serve them not as, as men pleasers, but be- serve the Lord. Right? Uh, and that way you won't despise them. Um, and have goodwill. Right? And so you got to, and I know I've personally, uh, you know, we don't have indentured servitude here in America, praise God. You can always go to a different job if you need to, but um, if you're, as long as you're working legally. But uh, you know what? You can definitely have a bad attitude. It's amazing how we can have bad attitudes. And really, it's our own fault. Because literally in this country, you can say, here's my pink, I'm out. You don't give me the pink slip. I'm giving you the pink slip. I'm done. I'm going to go get another job. It's a free country. right? So there's really no reason why we should ever get attitudes just on several levels. Because we're like free. And then we're free on top of it to make decisions here. So, uh, But it could be much worse, right? And uh, and you could be indentured. Like you don't have an option. This is your lot. This is where you're at. You don't have any liberty. Um, you know, you could be some human slave being trafficked across the Mexican border. You know, that's a tough situation, 
but even this applies to that, right? If you're in a situation where your rights are truncated because of evil, well, don't worry how evil it is to the best of your ability. As much as lieth in you, serve the Lord, right? And serve them as best you can until God gives you liberty, if he can give you liberty, or till you're dead and you're free. Either way, you're free. And that's tough. That's tough sledding. But that is how it is in a lot of places. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> it's not easy to be a Christian in a lot of places around the world, for sure. So this this isn't written for Laodicean Christians. This is written for Christians throughout most of the church ages. So uh, for us, we have to kind of set back and humble ourselves and realize how blessed we are. If there's nothing else, we think, wow, what a blessing we have to live in this country at this time in history. Uh, even if we are put under digital bondage, it'll help us in. Okay, so okay, now I know how to work under digital bondage, right? So we can go back to this, and now we know what it's like to be a slave. So praise the Lord. It all comes full circle, and we can behave ourselves properly, because even if you're yoked to digital bondage, and you're monitored 24-7, and your bank account's taken over, that doesn't mean you can't serve the Lord, right? So we can still serve the Lord, because we're free. No matter what, we're free. All right. Am I making sense what I'm saying here? Well, you never know what the Lord will do with that digital whatever. <clears throat> just, oh, yeah. He can just do stuff. He can do whatever He wants to do. And uh, and if He chooses not to, we can still say praise the Lord. Yeah. Yep. So, the things spoken by Paul concerning servants are, are repeated by the elders uh, in the church in Titus 2, 9-14, which you have as well in your notes. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, uh, and they that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Uh, for uh, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should be we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this uh, present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from the from all iniquity and purify unto uh, himself a peculiar people, talked about this morning, zealous of good works. <clears throat> and so, man, that's a pretty powerful statement and passage. Um, you know, I was talking with Mitch this morning about his his vocation, and he says, you know what, the, we got new recruits coming in. The problem is they're hanging out with these old dogs that are in the company and they all got sour attitudes and now the, all the young guys have sour attitudes like the old guys because they don't they're not diligent they're not diligent when we came in we had a lot more diligent training and we checked all the doors we did everything and there's a lot of apathy now you know and that's because they're emulating the people that uh, that they see you know that are older than them and so uh, our example makes a difference and servants examples makes a difference and so um, and so what you do at work makes a difference so be careful when you're at work uh, and that I mean everyone has problems at work we all do but make sure you keep that between you and the Lord right don't don't be dissing on uh, every on your boss to everybody else that's a bad testimony it doesn't honor the God and it doesn't mean what you're concerned about isn't true it just it's how you handle yourself that matters. So Colossians three twenty two, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, uh, not with eye servants uh, eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. 
And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So I know of what I speak. And again, it's so much easier in our country. When I was a young lad, um, I worked in a situation where it was not, not equitable. And uh, we had one of the leaders of the company. I was at a meeting one day. And uh, they were trying to unionize. This was a cable company. They were trying to unionize the company and all of this. And there was a lot of tension. And one of the ladies steps up and says, You know, if I was a locator for Independence Power and Light, I'd be making $15 an hour. But I'm only getting paid $5.50. And and I appreciated the the manager, the GM, whatever his name was. And this Mormon guy steps up and he says, Hey, look, if you can go make money somewhere else, you should do it. And I'm like, I'm all of, I'm like sitting out in the crowd going, ding, 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 <laughs> you know. So, so he motivated me, uh, and and so I think that Doug was. I'm glad Doug said that because I could see that he really didn't care. Uh, they were just squeezing profits out of our limited partnership, and this is the deal. And you're either on board with it or not. And if if you don't like it, we'll replace you. And that's when I said, you know what? I should probably find another place to work. You know, but a lot of people didn't. They just complain and complain and complain and try to fight rage against it. I'm like, why? This ship's sinking. I'm out. You know, and uh, and it's a free country, so there's no sense in complaining. That was God saying, Brian, you're not under bondage like everybody else, so just go get another job. You know, so we live in a great. I just can't emphasize enough what a great country we live in, because in a lot of places there is no out. You are stuck. You're stuck in your caste system. You're stuck in your vocation because that's what your daddy did. I mean, you're stuck, or you're or you're the wrong gender, you know, and you don't have any opportunities. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to be a servant. And the servants that he's talking to, uh, he he's saying, "Hey, serve the Lord, no matter what, no matter what." So, as Americans, we just really don't have a lot. We don't have a lot of room to complain. Is what I'm saying. Uh, because God gives us grace uh, to change our lot. That's why when an immigrant comes here, they, all they see is opportunity. Because they come from much harsher, harsher situations. They come here and they're like, gold is falling out of the sky. And we're like, how? Because, yeah, where? You know, because we just don't see the opportunity that they do. Okay. I probably went, quit preaching with the meddling. All right. Last verse in this section. First Peter 2.18. Servants, be subject to your masters um, with all fear. And I'm not saying this God is. Not only to the good and gentle, but also that rascal. Also to the froward. Uh, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. You know, hit me again, sir. Uh, For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it uh, patiently, this is acceptable with God. Right? He's like saying, it's no big deal if you mess up and get beaten. I mean, you deserve that. It's when you don't deserve it. That's when you're looking like Jesus. Where is that first chapter? 1 Peter 2, 18. 2, 18, not 2, 18. Did I say 8? Yeah, verse 21 is where I'm at. For even here too were you called. Uh-oh. You're like, hey man, uh, I've had people ask me, how do you know you're called? Well, the Bible tells me right here I'm called. I'm called to this. this if you want to know if you're called, you are called to this. We're called to, to, to endure grief patiently um, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Uh, so we follow his example, right? That's And that's the example then. If we follow his example, then guess what? That's the example we set. 
Right? That's the example we set when we follow his example. Uh, who, his own self, bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. And so when you're taking a beating unjustly, guess what? It's very likely someone else might get healed by your stripes. Now, I don't want to go too far with that analogy because he's the Savior and you're not. But um, you are the Savior. Of your, if you're a man, you're the Savior of your, of your home. And so, uh, so, for ye were sheep going astray, but now are ye returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. That's a powerful passage right there. Um, and so, there's a lot. There's a lot there for all of us to meditate on. We're pretty, whether we'd like to admit it or not, what I'm really saying is, as Laodicean Christians living in the West, we're pretty entitled. And we really got to get our head around what servitude is because it's not natural. It's not normal. It's not what we're taught in our culture. And it's increasingly not taught, right? Uh, and so it's not taught, taught biblically. And so uh, everyone's a victim and, and everyone's in bondage uh, to the man, whoever the man is. And it's just upside down and backwards, right? And so throw off those shackles, serve Christ, and uh, be a good example when things don't go your way. So there's no doubt a believing servant was to be content in Christ, which is the whole point, and use his humble service as an opportunity to demonstrate the power of the glorious gospel. Because that's what it says in verse, going back to our text, that's what it says, right? We don't want, in verse 1, we don't want, we don't want the name of God and his doctrine to be blasphemed. That's the utmost importance. And they that have believing masters, hey, it's even better. Let them not despise them because they are brethren. God's put them in that position, so they should... Now, we know, Ephesians chapter 6, those, those masters, right, they got to keep in mind they got a master. So how they treat their, their folks is uh, going to be taken up with his master. So no master is masterless, no matter what he thinks, uh, especially if they're a Christian, right? they got Christ as their master. So, point four, God gives dignity to servants. I said all that to say that. That's a lot of saying to get to that. Uh, God gives dignity to servants. Uh, I was fortunate to grow up. My dad was not a guy my, uh, that was a, a, he was not into management. And of course, his disposition was that of a union wildcat guy, strike, let's strike, let's kind of rage against the machine and all that by nature. Uh, so, of course, he wasn't going to be in management. But um, there were some benefits of that. Because at the end of the day, I saw a guy who just liked to go to work. He just liked to work. And he, and he didn't just work because he liked to work. He liked the guys he worked with sometimes. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, just, I got to see there was a dignity in service. That's kind of lost today. I talk, I've talked to young men I've discipled, talked to my son. And today it's, that is gone. Like hard work. And hard work trumps management. Hard work trumps, uh, you know, the, you don't take the rewards because, because, you know, hard work is the most important thing. You don't want to be caught loafing. Uh, of course, there's a little bit of perversion in that thought because you know management isn't loafing either. But, but the point is this: is that there is a there's definitely something lost. There what used to be honor in our culture, in hard work, pays off. And what was that? That was a biblical view of servanthood, right? Because we know that we're not just serving the man; we're serving the God in heaven, and God will reward because because He's just and He's faithful, and it is true. Uh, when I was a little boy, my grandpa would tell me that. Just work hard. You know, just work hard and you'll, you'll be fine. Well, today, if you work hard, you're a chump. 
man, don't work hard. You need to go do cryptocurrency so you can be a millionaire overnight, right? Of course, that's going to bust. But, but you know, that's the, that's the stupidity. i got to be a YouTube influencer, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, give, give me a break. Uh, even YouTube influ- influencers got to work if they want to get rewarded. To be, that's, the, that's the real truth. And they got to serve. And so uh, in these verses, uh, he gives the masters to the care of the servants uh, and turning the master-servant paradigm on its head. He's like, hey, make, make sure you take care of your masters. What? Yeah, you got to take care of your masters because you know, they're just serving Jesus like you are. What? Yeah, I mean, that's a whole... I can't imagine. I can imagine if you were a servant in the first century picking up on some of these words. I mean, that had to blow some people's minds. Um, a humble servant will give account to a greater master, and a believing master will treat their believing servant as a brother. That is the bottom line. So any master that didn't treat his that says he's a believer and doesn't treat his servants like believers, well, he's going to have to take that up with the master. Because he isn't as much of the master as he thinks he is, because there's a higher master. And any servant that's under the yoke that doesn't honor his master because there's a higher master called Jesus, then he's not really picking up what Jesus is laying down. So God encourages servants to see their masters as co-benefactors of the kingdom of God. Not only does this motivate our service on earth, but it ensures justice in heaven. And that ties us back to chapter 5. So let's stop there tonight. Chapter 5 and verse 24. Uh, Let's go back to where we started before chapter 6. And it says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men they follow after. Likewise also, the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. Right, that's what Paul said before he jumps into this discussion. Right, why? Because God knows who's doing what and why folks are doing what they're doing. Right? And as a servant, if you're on the servant side, you can rest in that. And if you're on the master side, uh, let that be your guide, because you will be held accountable, not only for what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And and Paul was not afraid to tell Philemon, "Hey, you know, you got to receive Philemon. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna receive him, you're not receiving me." Onesimus. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Onesimus. Thank you. Yeah, if you're not receiving Onesimus, you're not receiving me, Philemon. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very clear throughout the New Testament. And so human dignity, as I mentioned there in the last point, point four, human dignity comes from the Bible. Uh, it's, it's not a construct of, of a, a governmental philosophy other than the kingdom of God uh, and the governor being Jesus. Other than that, it comes right out of the, it's the Bible. It is God esteeming people. When Jesus stepped out of heaven, he came, to the, he came in the lowliest of ways to redeem humanity. And he did that on purpose. And so, uh, be content to serve. If you're in a servant role, be content to serve. It's the greatest position to be in. Contentment trumps covetousness. Next time we get together, we'll talk about being content to separate <coughs> as we move on down to verses 3 through 5. So, let's pray, and uh, we'll pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this time in your word. I pray, pray a blessing to the reading and the hearing of it. <coughs> I pray for our prayer meeting. <clears throat> that's coming up shortly. Uh, and I ask, Lord, that you're glorified in all of that. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to turn this recorder off. Is there any questions or comments? I've kind of went through a lot tonight.